Never mind. It's fine. I'll talk to you in a minute. Okay. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Thank you for coming out to worship with us this morning at Crestview Baptist Church. We're so glad to have you with us. If uh, you are a guest or a visitor and you're with us for the first time, we have some um, uh, little slips in the pews. And if you'd fill one of those out and drop it in the offering box on the way out, uh, we would love to have a record of your attendance. Um, it's an exciting, cool Sunday morning, the first of many. Uh, fall is in the air, thank goodness, and uh, the time will be changing soon, and the weather's starting to change. Um, so tonight, we are having a picnic, and we are changing the time just a little bit down at the creek picnic, because it's getting dark a little bit earlier, and uh, it's easy for kids to get home on a school night. So at 5 o'clock tonight, 5 o'clock, not 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, uh, picnic down at the creek. Um, be sure that uh, you come and uh, join us for that. Bring, uh, bring your favorite dish to share. Uh, and a drink, yes, bring a dish and a drink to share with us as we fellowship together down at the creek. Um, I have a few other announcements as we go into this. The I was supposed to remind you, Joy's not here today. Uh, she wanted me to remind you, and Sandra wanted me to remind you, that the North Carolina State Mission Offering is going on right now. Um, I could not find a date or when that runs through. Um, but our goal is $2,000. So be in prayer about that, what, God would, uh, what you think God would have you to do there to help out. Uh, the Yala envelopes are in the pews. Uh, they're marked state mission offering. Um, they're even color-coded because I can't read. I'm just kidding. They're color-coded, so when you look at them, they're yellow. So uh, those are there for you. Um, I have a few announcements for the children and the youth. Um, the first one is uh, starting Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, October the 6th. Not this coming Wednesday. Next Wednesday. October the 6th, I forget what it, when it is, we are going to start practice on our children's Christmas play. So if you can be here from um, 530, is that what we said? 530 to 6.15, we're going to be working on that, me and Laura and then the other Laura and whoever else. We're going to be here help. We're going to be here with the kids. You can drop them off. Um, for that, and it'll run right up until time to start church. I say 6.15 because we usually meet to pray with the kids and the youth a few minutes before church starts. We're going to be doing a Charlie Brown Christmas this year, which I think is going to be fun and exciting for the kids, and uh, it'll be definitely be entertaining for the adults, and it falls right along with uh, Charlie Brown Christmas is my favorite Christmas cartoon ever because, uh, you know, because Linus, he just gets so serious about it. So um, so I look forward to that. October the 9th, which is a week from Saturday. Not this Saturday, the week, a week from Saturday. We're going to be having a cleanup day. We're going to call it a fall cleanup day instead of a spring cleanup day. We're going to be cleaning up the youth building, uh, going through the, sun, the kids' Sunday school rooms. Uh, there's stuff in there that's piled up. You know, if you go out to the youth building, don't tell anybody, but the youth pastor before me, he kept everything. 
every, oh, he's right there. Oh, my bad. Uh, no, there is stuff, though, like there is old, like, like computer monitors and stuff up in the attic. And so uh, any youth or kids who wants to come help for that, just to carry stuff out and um, sort between the giveaways and the stuff that just didn't any good and stuff we want to save. So that's October the 9th, and we will uh, feed the kids lunch the youth and the kids lunch after that. So keep those keep those dates in mind. I think did you say you had an announcement to make? All right. Preacher already has an announcement to make. And Sandra has an announcement to make. So I'm gonna let Sandra come up and then I'm gonna let Artie come up. But I want to encourage you to enjoy the service today. Just focus your hearts on God. First announcement to our sunshiners. Um, October the twelfth we will be going to the lake house for a picnic and to ride the boat, so bring a jacket. But it is a picnic style, so again, if um, when you sign up, if you'll write down what you're planning on bringing so we don't have 12 cakes. No, 12 cakes is okay. So <laughs> we can have 12 cakes, but some other stuff too. So uh, if you would, go ahead and sign up, and that is for October the 12th. Also, veterans will be leaving the church at 245 also, Veterans Day will be here before we know it. So we're planning uh, something special for that. Uh, all veterans, I need a picture, preferably, of you in your uniform. If you do not have a picture of that, just a picture of you. But we would also like for you to write on a little card what branch you served in and what your and the years that you served and if you can get those to me as soon as possible we're going to be working on a slideshow so this is veterans day so veterans day is for our living uh previous soldiers so uh we would uh, appreciate that too thank you I have something to share with our current youth pastor. <laughs> After three years of being in the position, all the stuff that's out there is yours. <laughs> because I never had a Power Wheels car in the youth building. I couldn't fit in it, and so I didn't have it. <laughs> um, but anyway, we have a unique opportunity this year. We are partnering, our church is partnering with the town of Bowling Springs and the Ruby YMCA to put on a fall festival that will be at the YMCA at, on uh, Saturday, October 30th from 4 to 6. What we are needing from you, number one, a lot of candy. So we'll start accepting candy donations. I appreciate anything that we can get. Number two is that we need people to volunteer to set up their and decorate their trunks. There will be a contest for uh, most, the first, second, and third place for, for the dec best decorated trunks for uh, the trunk or treat that will be part of it as well as workers to work concessions that we will be providing and that and so forth. 
Um, we'll be doing cotton candy. We'll be doing um, snow cones and popcorn. So we'll need people to work that as well. So if you can help with that, please see Chad um, so that we can start getting things organized. And candy donations, you can just bring them and drop them in the in, – put them in my office because you put them in the church office, they'll get eight. Um, right, isn't that right, Terry? There, any candy in the church office gets claimed by everybody. So stick it in my office and we can hide it. <laughs> um, but be, listen, this is a great opportunity. Normally we, we help with the, the Greatest Treat Festival in Shelby, but this is an opportunity for us to partner with a couple of different organizations and actually reach our community here in Bowling Springs, Swainsville, this area. There will actually be a flyer going out in the uh, town of Bowling Springs uh, utility bills. So uh, that, the information will be out there that this will be taking place. So it's a great way to reach our community and minister to those around us. And um, now it is time for us to start our worship service together, and we ask you to, to join me in prayer. Just a couple of things that we need to make you aware of. Pray for the uh, Melvin, Melvin Frady family as Melvin passed away this past Wednesday night. He's been on our prayer list. My cousin David Lips in Georgia, his daughter Brooke, 27 years old, passed away yesterday with COVID. Um, so pray for his family and, and our family. And praise, um, we have been praying for my brother. He was in the hospital in rehab for 68 days. He came home Friday and is doing very well. And so we're excited about that. And um, also just to let you know that um, the pastors in our association had a meeting Monday with the county health officials on the status of what all is going on and in current numbers with COVID. Um, we are getting close to 100 new cases of COVID every day in the county. Please be careful. Take precautions. I also need to let you know this. There is a big misunderstanding that's going around about the vaccines. The best thing the vaccine can do is keep you from getting a very severe case. It will not, let me repeat, it will not make you immune to the virus, and it will not keep you from passing the virus on. The best that it can do is keep you from getting a severe case. It is just like the flu virus, just like the flu vaccine. It will not keep you from getting it. It will just lessen the severity of the case that you get. In county, there has been 30-some deaths in the last month for COVID. Five of those were vaccinated people. So please... It is your choice whether or not you want to get the vaccine. Let me repeat that. It is your choice. But don't think that if you get it that you're immune because you're not. Now that goes into how we're going to deal with 
things here at the church. We're going to continue to have services. We're going to continue to provide masks if you want to wear a mask. We're going to continue to have online services. And we are going to leave it up to each individual to do what they feel God leading them to do. As the pastor and and staff and our deacons, we feel God leading us to continue to have services. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to leave it up to each individual family and person as to how they want to deal with it on their end. We will make every effort to continue just as, as, as normal as long as we can. So we just prayerfully, be in prayer for us, be in prayer for our church, be in prayer for our community, so that we will be wise in how we deal with these things. We have seen people that have been healed. God has done miracles in lives of people that have had COVID. We've also seen where God has not healed them, and they have gone on to be with him that they lost the fight with COVID and with other diseases. But we're going to remain faithful, and we're going to trust him to take care of us. So at this time, please join me in prayer. Oh, yes, before I forget, please be in prayer for for Kim Pendleton. She starts chemo Monday because the cancer has returned. So please be in prayer for Kim, pray for Jerry and Alex and the rest of the family as she begins going through the, the, these, these treatments. Um, from what I was told this morning that she has had some fluid build up and she's going to have to have it drained off her abdomen, and that's sort of painful. So be in prayer for Kim as she begins her treatments tomorrow. So at this time, please join me in prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you. You are the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, the author of creation and the author of salvation. Dear Lord, it is you that desires to have a relationship with us. It is you that made a way to bridge the gap that sin created, separating us from you. It is you that sent your son, Jesus Christ. To die on the cross is the perfect sacrifice. Making a way for us to receive forgiveness of our sins. For adopting us into your family. And sealing us with all eternity. Dear Lord, you are alone are worthy of praise. And dear Lord, we have gathered together today here in person and also online to worship you. And dear Lord, we pray for just this short hour that you would block out all outside issues, things that we're dealing with, things that we're struggling with, that you would block all of that out just for the short times that we may fully focus on you. Because, dear Lord, you deserve our focus. Dear Lord, we ask you that you be with the the request, the people that are on our prayer list, 
with those that have lost loved ones, those that are dealing with the sickness, those that are dealing with monetary issues. Dear Lord, we all struggle and we lay those at your feet right now. Dear Lord, we praise you for the miracles that we've seen, the miracles of salvation, the miracle of healing. We praise you for that. Dear Lord, we ask you to be with Kim right now. Touch her body, dear Lord. Give her the strength to beat this cancer. Dear Lord, be with Jerry and Alex as they're standing beside their mother and wife. Dear Lord, just strengthen them. Let let them feel your presence right now. Dear Lord, be with us as a church as we seek to follow your leadership. Dear Lord, that we will be wise, that we will be obedient to your will. And dear Lord, above all, give us the strength, give us the courage, give us the faith to stand and be your witnesses. And as we enter into this service time today, may the gospel of Jesus Christ be glorified and shared today. May you speak through Chad and Sandra and myself as we lead this service this morning. That you will hide us behind the cross and that you will speak and that you will shine this morning. And may lives be changed. Through Jesus Christ. And it is in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. Let us continue our worship as we sing praises to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you stand as we sing hymn 210, My Jesus I Love Thee. And we will sing the first and the fourth verses, 210. Would you stand?
Can I get the kids to come forward, please? Sorry. I'm... Good morning, guys. See you guys rolling down here. We have quite a few today. We've got Tuckers back with us. Hold on to them. Scotland, you going to come down? No? Okay. Scotland's going to come down. Hey, guys, so I'm excited. It's fall, and so we're going to talk about something different today. We're going to talk about change, okay? I was going to share, did you know that two-thirds of the coins minted in the United States are pennies? Did you know that? And that there are 30 million pennies produced each year. All right, let's pray. Wait a minute, that's not the kind of change we're going to talk about. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I, that's really not the kind of change we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about change because... I like talking about change this time of year because what happens when you look at the trees? What's going on? They're, they're falling. The trees are falling? Betsy said the trees are falling, you guys. Watch out. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. She's going to get me. Um, but the leaves are changing colors and falling off the trees. And hopefully the grass will have to stop being cut soon and it turns brown and I don't have to worry about it. I like that. I like that time. Of, that kind of year, uh, that time of the year. But I want to talk about change because we started this in Sunday school, and that's still not the change I'm going to talk about. Because you guys go through change as you go through life, right? So, did anybody here start? Did anybody here start school for the first time this year? Scotland, did you start school yet? No. You started school. I say Charlie started school. And so change. As we get older, we're going to go through changes. We're going to find new friends. We're going to have people get married in our family and new people come into our family. And we move houses. Like Thomas and Peyton aren't here and Sakura aren't here today, but I was going to use them because they're changing. They're fixing to move houses. So change is scary sometimes, right? Think if like you were going to a brand new school and you were going to have to make new friends or just change is not, is, is not something that we look forward to. As adults, you look forward to it just as little, I promise. But here's what I want to encourage you guys about. Because as you get older, your, change, your, your changes that you experience, they're a little harder to deal with. But change is something we have to deal with as humans. But guess what? Never, ever changes. Does anybody know what never, ever changes? Do you know? Betsy, what never changes? God. God never changes. She never lets me down. God never, ever changes. I've got a couple verses that I'm going to share with you guys today. And um, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, it kind of, kind of paints us a picture of this time of the year. Now listen to this. It says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the, love, but the word of God stands forever. God's word never changes. God, what he says to us, never changes. Isn't that amazing? And I'm going to read you one more verse. This is Hebrews. And that last verse I read was um, Isaiah. I think I told you. Isaiah 48. And this is Hebrew. Hebrews. Chapter 13, verse 8, and it says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So I want, what I want to encourage you guys and everybody in here, as we go through changes in our world, changes in our life, changes in friends and schools and living situations, Jesus Christ never, ever changes. Isn't that awesome? His love for us is eternal. And so when all else gets us down, we can be encouraged by that. And let's bow our heads, and we're going to go talk about it a little more out in Children's Church, okay? And Miss Michaela's going to meet you guys at the back door. God, thank you so much for this day, for each one of these boys and girls that are here today. Thank you for this time of the year and the pretty leaves that we see and the change in weather. But we're also glad, God, that through all the changes that we face in the world, that your love and who you are and your word never changes. All this we ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, guys. Go back. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the most worthy of praise. So let us stand as we sing hymn 227, Praise Him, Praise Him. We'll sing the first and the third verses. Would you stand? Blessed Redeemer, sing all worth His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest of angels in glory, strength and honor, give to His holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard His children in His Today is one of those times that we, that God has given me a difficult sermon. And I have to be completely honest with you. This is something that since, even back when I interned for the first time at Brainerd Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it was something that came up. I was interning as a youth minister. And I was in college, and 
and I was interning, and we were having to deal with this very question. Why does God sometimes save people, heal people, and other times he doesn't? And it is actually an issue that causes a lot of people to walk away from their faith. If you go and you, tell, you talk to people, they say, I don't believe in God because it doesn't make sense why he, does, why he would allow this to happen and why he does this and doesn't do this. So there's, sometimes it seems like there's inconsistencies. And so that's the title of the sermon today is Dealing with Apparent Inconsistencies. And the scripture that we're going to be looking at as our key text today is actually in Job. Job chapter 42, verses 1 through 6. So if you would stand, it, the, the scripture will be on the, the, the screen. It's also in your, your bulletins. And this is what is written in Job chapter 42, this is actually Job's response after God talks to him about everything that he's gone through. So let's look at how Job begins his response. He says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do all things, and that no purpose of thine can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have declared that which I do not under or did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear now and I will speak. I will ask thee, and do thou instruct me. I have heard of thee by hearing of the ear, but now my eyes sees thee. Therefore I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before you once again asking you to speak through your word this morning. Thank you for what we see written here in Job, how Job responded to you. Dear Lord, may we listen and apply it to our lives today. Bless the reading of your word. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. So, why does God heal some people and allow others to die? We've seen that within our own church. Within many of our families, we've seen God choose to heal somebody while somebody else dies. We've seen that. So how do we deal with that? Why does God do that? Well, first of all, there's some facts that we need to understand. Fact number one is death was never part of God's plan for His creation. God never intended us to die. But it's because of sin... We now, each of us, have to deal 
with death. It tells us that in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Death is a consequence of sin. It is a result of our disobedience. Our re- the result of, of us choosing our own ways instead of God's ways. It is something that is here And it is not something that plays favorites. Death is not a respecter of persons. Rich people, healthy people, skinny people, pretty people die just like poor people, unhealthy people. Fat people, ugly people. Death is here. But it was never part of God's original plan. God designed creation. He created us to have an eternal relationship with Him. When He created Adam and Eve, He created a garden. He created the world in such a way that it would allow us to live for all eternity. But then Adam's disobedience brought about sin. And sin brought about death. The second fact that we have to understand, fact number two, is that we are all going to die. The minute we are born, we begin to die. Everybody is going to die. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Inasmuch as it is appointed for men once to die, and after this comes judgment. Every single one of us is going to face death. We are all going to die. It is a fact of life. The moment a child is born, they begin the process of dying. There are things that we can do that many think that we will prolong our lives, but I'm going to tell you something. When our time comes, when God says your time on earth is over, there is not a single thing that we can do about it. Jesus says, what does it do to worry about? What good does it do to worry about that? Can you add another day to your life? We can't. That's fact number two. Fact number three is that God has a plan for us. He's got a plan for each and every one of us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. He says, For I know the plans that I have for you, 
declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. God's plans for us is to know the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. His plan for us is to use us to further His kingdom. Each and every one of us, God has a plan. God knit you together in your mother's womb. Before your parents even knew you, God did. And God had a plan for you. His plan is not for you to suffer. His plan is not to hurt you. His plan is nothing but good. But because of sin, we have to deal with sickness. We got to deal with grief. We've got to deal with death. But God's plan is to still give us hope through Jesus Christ. Fact number four is that God can even use bad things to bring about good. Romans 8.28 And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. I look back. And I see in the history of this church where people have passed on, they have died. And I see the lives that were changed through Jesus Christ and how at some of their funerals, it was a time of worship. And many people were there that, re, that, that heard the gospel of Jesus Christ at those funerals because they would never come to a church service. They would not come into a church to attend and worship. But they heard it and they saw it at those funerals. I think about people like, uh, like Mel Campos and the impact that he had on somebody like Bob Ramsey. Bob Ramsey. I love that man to death, but he was the most pain-in-the-neck person I've ever met in my life. But from what I understand, before Bob accepted Christ, his wife didn't even want to be around him. They would see him walk into the the veterans clubs and people would get out and walk out or get up and walk out as he walked in the door. Is that pretty much Hammett how Bob was? He's a rough man, wasn't he? But Jesus Christ changed his life. And he began having spending time with Mel, and Mel became began to disciple him. And when Bob was diagnosed with cancer, all Bob wanted to do was be here at this church. All he wanted to do was read and study and tell people 
about Jesus. And the, he told me one day, one time I went to see him in the hospital. He was having surgery and he, I went to go see him. He says, you know, he, he was crying. And he says, let me tell you. He said, I'm sitting here thinking about how many people have come and saw me and visited me. And I was thinking that just two or three years ago, my own family wouldn't have been here to see me. He said, that's the difference Jesus makes. But Mel Campos, when he passed away, And that choir loft at Poplar Springs was filled with men that Mel had an impact on. And Bob Ramsey up there singing to the top of his lungs. And when Bob died, before he died, He told Marilyn, he said, Marilyn, he said, I just want to go sit on that bench over there. She's like, what bench, Bob? She goes, that bench over there. He says, Mel's over there and I want to go sit and talk to him. I believe with my whole heart. With my whole heart that God opened his eyes. And he was able to see glory. That cancer was bad. It has taken many people from us. But God used that bad to bring about something wonderful. And that was being in the presence of the Savior. Things that we go through are not always good, but it's what God uses to shape us and make us more and more into the image of Jesus until we are finally standing before Him face to face with our Savior. In fact, number five, God cares when we are hurting. David writes in Psalms, Psalms 34, verse 18, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A lot of times people will say, God wouldn't do this if He cared about me. Listen. God does care about us. Jesus even says that He knows when a sparrow falls from His nest. And if He cares that much for a bird that you can buy for two cents, how much more does He care about us? He knows us intimately. He cares about us when we are there and we have lost our best friend. Those of you that have been married for so many years and have lost a spouse, 
God cares about that. He cares about your pain. And He hurts when we hurt. Because Jesus is part of us. So how do we do with those facts? How do we deal with these seemingly apparent inconsistencies where God saves some people and not others? Why He allows those that live evil lives to live while those that are living righteous lives perish? How do we respond to that? How do we deal with those apparent inconsistencies? Well, the answer is we do just like Job did. You know the story of Job. Job was a righteous man. He served God. He never did anything against God. But Satan came to him and said, I can make anybody do, came to God and said, I can make anybody do anything. I can make them turn your back. And he says, what about my servant Job? He says, if you allow me to do things to him, I can make him turn his back on you. And God says, you can do everything, but you cannot afflict him. You can't do anything to Job himself. So he ended up, Job, he was a rich man. He ended up losing everything that he had. He still wouldn't turn his back on God. He wouldn't curse God. His wife even told him to curse God and die. His friends told him the same thing. He said, wait a second, you should have, you, you've done something to cause this. Satan went back to him and said, see, if you let me do something. So he allowed him to kill his family. He lost all his family, all his children, his wife. Lost them all. Still wouldn't. Satan went back. If you let me do something to him, he said, you can do every, anything to him short of taking his life. So he inflicted him with boils, with pain. He had a miserable life. And he began, began to question God. Why is this happening? I don't understand. What I've not done anything to deserve this. And God talks to him. And then Job responds. And this is the same response that we need to have. You need to, we need to acknowledge that God can do anything and not even death can stop his plans. See, Job says, I know, in verse 2, he says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. God is God. He is the one that hung the stars and the sun and the moon in space. He is the one that tells the ocean how far inland it can come. He is the one that set the mountains in their place. He is the one that set the foundation of the world. And from that moment of creation, he had already had the plan of Jesus Christ coming. That he, even though he knew that his creation was going to reject him, he still created us. And he had the plan in place at the moment of creation, even before that, that Jesus Christ would come from the throne of God and walk among us and give himself willingly as the perfect sacrifice to bridge that gap between 
us and God that sin created. He had that plan from the very beginning. And that same God holds us in His hands. And not even death can stop that plan. The second thing that Job did is he showed us that we need to accept that we will never understand why God chooses to do things, but one day we will. See, Job 3, or 42.3 says this, Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Basically what he's saying is because I, God knows why he's not telling us these things. We're not, and then he says, Therefore I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I do not know. God doesn't share these things with us because at this point in our lives, that at this point in our, the process of salvation, we are not able to understand it. But there's going to come a day when our salvation is made complete and we stand before God and Jesus says, He's one of mine. That we're going to understand everything. Those things that we cannot understand right now. One day we are. Right now, we, I, I don't understand why God saved Walt. Why God saved my brother. But then, my cousin Brooke, he didn't. I don't understand that. I don't have the words to say to my cousin to help him understand why his daughter's no longer here. But one day, one day, we are going to understand that. And that is one of those things that we're just going to have to accept. That we cannot at this point understand what God is doing. And then Job also shows us that we need to ask God to let us hear Him and see Him in the midst of our pain. Job 42 verses 4 and 5, it says, Hear now and I will speak. This is Job talking to God. He's asking God permission to speak. I will ask you and you will instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes see you. We have to see, ask God to let us see Him. Many times when we're going through our pain, we lose sight of God. We, don't eat, we are at a place that we don't even think that we can hear Him anymore. We ask where God is. And many times that's in the lowest part, just like Elijah. Elijah had done something great on Mount Carmel. He had slain the, all of the, 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 the priest of Baal. He had called down fire from the sky. He had brought rain. God did it. But Elijah was there. He was the one that was, was the mouthpiece of God. And then Jezebel. says, I'm going to kill you. 
She had already slain all the prophets of God except for Elijah. And Elijah took off and hid in a cave. And at his lowest point, he was saying, why, why have you forsaken me, God? I can't even hear you speak anymore. A storm came. Thunder. God wasn't in any of those. But then a still small voice spoke. And Elijah was able to hear God. We have to ask God, let me hear you. Let me see you in the midst of my pain. We cannot forget that He is there, that He loves us and He cares about us. We just have to ask Him to let us hear Him. And then fourthly, Job shows us that we must repent of our doubt. In verse 6, Therefore I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. What Job is saying here is that everything that he said prior, everything that he said and his doubt, wondering why God had forsaken him, why he was allowing these things, he said, I retract it. He just didn't say, I'm sorry for it. He says, I take it all back. I wish I would have never said it. And then he says, I repent. In dust and ashes. He was actually showing that he was in mourning for what he had done. For his doubt. Church, I'm going to tell you something. There have been times in every single one of our lives. When we have had those times of doubt. Those times of asking and questioning God. And saying, I don't really know what I believe anymore. We've all had those times. So how do we deal with that? We repent. And we ask God to allow us to take it back. And we turn away from that. And we hold on to the very God that's in charge of everything. And if you go on and look at the rest of the chapter... God not only speaks back to Job, but God restores everything that he had ever had. He gave him a new wife. He gave him a new family. He restored his wealth because of Job's faithfulness and his willingness to seek him, his willingness to hear him, his willingness to repent for what he had said. He hadn't done anything to deserve it. He had not done a single thing to deserve any of the stuff that God allowed to happen to him. But what he was repenting about was his attitude after the fact. I can't tell you why God does what he does. Why he allows 
This virus. Listen, when we had COVID at our house, three of us had COVID at our house. Faith in the same house. Never had a single symptom, never got sick, never even ran a fever, never even sneezed or coughed. Don't understand it. Don't understand why Timothy only had one day where he curled up on the couch and went to sleep. The only thing he he had. The doctor couldn't believe that he tested positive. And then Ginger and I are laying over there felt like we were dying. I don't understand how my brother can be in the hospital for 68 days Four weeks almost on a ventilator and now is at home walking and talking and acting except for his, his, his oxygen level dropping when he does something. Don't understand that. I am very thankful for it, but I don't understand it. I will never understand it. All I know is this. And this is going to sound sort of blunt. But death is not fair. But life is not fair either. The question isn't, honestly, isn't why does God allow some people to be healed and not others? The question really should be is why does God heal in the first place? We don't deserve it. But God's grace and mercy is why He heals people. And He allows certain things to happen. That will bring glory to himself. I don't understand it. We will never understand until we're standing in front of in front of Christ Himself. But we have to deal with it. And church, if if there's anybody here that's on the point where they don't understand. And they're they're thinking that God doesn't care about you. That you're on the point where you're ready to walk away from Him. I'm begging you. Don't do it. Ask God to let you see and hear Him. Ask Him to open your eyes and your heart to allow Him to work with you in your pain. Because He's hurting just like you are. Don't give up. Now Sandra and the musicians come. I ask you, Let God take the pain.
give you the words to say to other people that are going through these same things. Listen to what God's telling you to do. And do it as we sing this song of invitation. Would you stand as we sing hymn number 405, Have Faith in God, 405. tonight, 5 o'clock instead of 6, 5 o'clock. If you come, bring your chairs, bring uh, food to share, bring drink. We'll have uh, the paper products and the ice and the cups and everything down there. But uh, bring something to share for everybody. This will probably be the last time that we're actually able to be down there at the creek because times will be changing and it'll keep getting earlier and earlier, getting dark. So let's make sure that we have a great time down there tonight. Um, I'll tell you, it looks incredible down there. The uh, outhouse is complete, and it looks great down there. So uh, please join us at 5 o'clock. Don't forget um, that we have Bible study and, and uh, for the youth and prayer meeting for the adults at 6.30 this, this Wednesday night here in the church. Um, at this time, if probably if you wouldn't mind come forward and dismiss us in prayer, please. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day, Lord. We just thank you for all your blessings, Lord. Just thank you for this wonderful message that already given today, Lord. Just be with us as we go out and spend time with our family. And Lord, just be with us today. Lord, we just ask in your name to be with all of us, be with all the ones sick and suffering from COVID and all the other illnesses out there, Lord. We just ask you to be with us. In your name we pray, amen.